Welcome to episode 16 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we're two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Christ. Good morning, Helen. Another early morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Yes, a lovely, lovely morning. Quite like these early mornings, actually. It's nice in the sunshine, isn't it? Have you have you had a, a good bank holiday? So far? Um, well, I mean, today's yeah, a bank holiday, so isn't it? But far. you know what I mean? Long weekend. Yeah. Yep, yep. So far. Excellent. I quite like the sun. I know everyone wants it to rain, but I like it. It has rained a bit. I thought I thought a little bit of drizzle was, was okay. And, and mm. that's given us enough, hasn't it? But clearly not. Not, not going to do much good. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It's um, early start today, so we can maximise maximize the bank holiday. So today, um, we wanted to touch on um, the whole issue of of vaccine injuries and the, the current uh, trend sadly for excess deaths and we thought we'd want look at this because it's important and it's important to get some clarity on it and to also get a handle on what's being portrayed to us or actually not being betrayed portrayed to us in in the news because it's not it's not actually in the mainstream news that much is it Helen no, I mean, there's um, there has been recently, people may have noticed um, news around this issue of excess deaths. Yeah. But the issue around vaccine injury and any linking of the two, just hard, hardly anything, just not been talked about. No, it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite surprising. And um, you may well be aware, but there are various mechanisms that countries have to detect um, how safe their the vaccines and, and medicines are. And I have to be honest that before before COVID, uh, before 2020, I was completely unaware of, of these bodies, um, but um, they, they have been around a while. So in, in America, they have the, the VAERS system, which stands for the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And it's like the early warning mechanism um it monitors the safety of vaccines after they're authorized or licensed for use by the US FDA that's the Food and Drug Administration in the European Union they have the European Medicines Agency the EMA and that monitors the safety of COVID-19 vaccines um, authorized in the European Union and here in the UK we have the MHRA, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, and they operate what's called the Yellow Card Scheme, which is probably something many of you will have heard of. And this collects and monitors information on suspected safety concerns or incidents which involve medicines, vaccines, medical devices, and even e-cigarettes. And the, the scheme relies on uh, a voluntary reporting of, of suspected safety concerns um, or incidents by healthcare professionals and members of the public as well. I've not um, used the, the yellow card system, thankfully. Um, not had uh, a need to use that, but I understand it, it is quite a, a tricky a tricky system to use. Have you, have you heard the same thing, Helen? Yeah, I was listening to someone talking about it the other day who um, was helping his wife to um, report on, on the system and he said it was really, really quite difficult. Um, he was talking in the context of the suggestion that, well, the MRHA itself suggests that 
um, there might be significant underreporting. And I think it wasn't long that long ago um, that they actually were trying to encourage people, this was before COVID, that you must report if you have um, a reaction to any kind of medicine or any, anything. Um, but and he said how difficult it was that it was complicated, hard to understand, and he could see how many people would just give up. Mm. Yeah, and so that's that's important because it points us to um, a truth here that that if we do see people reporting on the on something like the yellow card scheme, that's going to be underreporting. They are going to be indicative of a, of a wider, larger. Um, group and number of people who have been adversely impacted by, you know, some form of medicine or a med- medical device or, or even uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, so, yeah, under-reporting is very important to bear in mind here. And that, that pans out across life in general, doesn't it? Because if you've been through, you know, wrestling with illness or something, really bad happening an adverse event to, to actually report that is another thing to do and it's human nature to not want to jump through that particular hoop and and if it's really difficult to do that's going to put you put you off even more so it makes sense doesn't it Helen what you're saying yeah and and also I think um the same was being said about healthcare professionals that if it's a convoluted process that takes time um they're going to be less likely to to use it because time is precious if they're busy anyway then the question is how many are being reported yeah yeah um yeah and in it and it's important to to really um consider that as especially in the light of what we're talking about now and the whole thing of reporting uh, vaccine industry uh, industry in in injury sorry um is also um can be linked to to excess deaths and like we said at the beginning this is something that's currently in the news at the moment so excess deaths are deaths that are above the number that are expected for a given point in time in in the country and we're currently experiencing sadly excess deaths in the region of 1000 to 1500 people per week um, so that's that's a bit over twelve percent, twelve to fourteen percent, um, compared to the the five year average. That's a significant number that, as of of yet, has not been accounted for, um, and that you won't, I don't think, see that in 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 the news very much at the moment. Um, but um, somebody called. Dr. John Campbell. He um, he's a retired nurse teacher um, and an A&E nurse, and he's based in England. He is quite well known now. He's he's on um, on YouTube, and uh, he has a couple of million followers on on YouTube. So he's a, he's a significant YouTuber. He's been around for. Uh, yeah, a while now, and he really came to prominence at the start of the pandemic because he um, did multiple um, YouTube um, videos per week about all the kind of the data that was coming out and about how to what to look for if you get COVID and and, and all this kind of thing. And he and he was it was quite it was quite quite interesting to listen to, but he. Um, 
very much kind of i suppose subscribe to the to to the main mainstream narrative that was given did you did you listen to him back in 2020 helen at all i i, rem- I do remember listening to him i do remember thinking this is an unusual formula which appears to be working because he he sits there with lots of bits of paper and he puts the camera on the paper and he's there with his fountain pen um talking through the data and marking things off with his pen it's quite old school it is but 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 it works and and people like it i remember him talking about he was talking about vitamin d early on um yeah he did he did didn't he and i i think um Anecdotally, the, the the sales of the Parker, the classic Parker fountain pen, actually actually did did increase dramatically after after those videos because it, it was the old the old school one you can still buy, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he had this very um, very watchable, endearing, and very just matter of fact way of going. He kind of got all the facts together, he went through them, simulated them, and uh, yeah. But I, I have to be honest, I have to confess, I, after after a while. I, I, I stopped watching his, his videos because I thought this is this is I was kind of at that point starting to deviate away from the the, the, the what I would describe as the mainstream narrative on this and he was very much on 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 those rails mm. and that's not to that's just a, a disagreement on on viewpoint anyway fast forward to a couple of weeks ago and um, we get a message from somebody we both know Helen. And he said to me, he said, Tim, watch watch this video by um, Dr. John Campbell because YouTube are going to pull it. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I watched the video. And boy, oh boy, it was an eye-opener. Um, and uh, lo and behold, a few days later, YouTube pulled his video. Of all the video content producers for YouTube to pull, they choose Dr. John Campbell, and that that says a lot. As a catchphrase would go, tells you all you need to know. And um, one one per, one person, tongue in cheek, described it like this: They said, "Notorious pro vaxxer Dr. John Campbell finally joins the throng of truthers censored by big tech." Bit tongue in cheek, but it's actually it's actually true. The thing is, okay. John John Campbell, all he does, he uses government data that we can all access and he concludes that the deaths caused by the COVID-19 vaccines could be anywhere between 10 and 21,000. That's massive. And he, he, is, he is saying, hold on a sec, we have these excess deaths which are unaccounted for, which are way beyond the ordinary. And he's just looking at government data through the, I think it's through the ONS data, isn't it? Yes. As well. So yeah. the Office for National Statistics, if you if you listen to our unvaccinated podcast, they're not exactly a bastion of accuracy, uh, it seems. But anyway, so yeah, he... he he takes this, and we'll come on to this a little bit later, because because the government would have you believe that only forty five people have died because of the vaccine, whereas the reality is much much sadder 
and a number much higher than that. Anyway, so when someone basically like Dr. John Campbell sees sees the reality of the situation, I think we should start taking notes, shouldn't we, Helen? Yeah, yeah, we should definitely. One, one of the things I want to say about him, you may, you may be confused when we said he's a retired nurse um, and teacher, and we're referring to him as Dr. John Campbell. He's very experienced and very highly educated so he has a phd therefore he is that's why he's yes doctor yeah um when you watch his videos you can see he he really knows how what he's talking about and knows how to really do a deep dive into the data and, and that's that's what he does um and the other thing on the excess deaths just to put it in some context um you know a thousand to fifteen hundred excess deaths per week just i was having a think about what that means and that's that's roughly the number of deaths you would expect every day it's like putting an extra day into the week it's it's almost like a whole day's worth of wow the normal deaths that we would expect on top which is is a lot and and this has been going on for some time but if you think about it we're now in the summer and that's the time when we would expect deaths if they're doing anything to go down so mm -hmm. for them to be higher in the summer that's really it's quite a big deal that is that is a, a big deal that is a big deal and these are the kind of things that we we do need to bear in mind and as a slight a slight tangent here as well it's also a fantastic illustration of what Helen and I've been talking about on and off over this last um, well coming on for a year now I think which is the the censorship that takes place with big tech is in your face and and this is a classic example of it you know I um, my, my son my son was showing me a video of um, a guy climbing a um, climbing what looked like an oil rig uh, leg you know like a leg that an oil rig platform would have if you can imagine like just in the sea yeah, yeah if you can imagine just one of the legs without the oil rig platform on top of it that's what it looks like. So it's big, like metal tube, huge, huge metal tube. He climbs on top of it, and he's about hundred feet off the the surface of the water. And then this guy does a video of him diving into the water. Right? Okay. Very exciting to watch. However, which poses a greater danger to people to have facts presented from the government? by somebody who is just giving you those facts and pointing them out and saying, hold on, there's a big question mark here and it's not looking good, the direction it's pointing. Or somebody effectively doing something illegal and if they get it wrong, will kill themselves. Which one do you think YouTube would pull in a sane world? If they're going to be in the same world, they'd pull the one of the guy diving off the off the big platform, wouldn't they? But no, it's YouTube crazy, is full of those ridiculous videos of people doing bonkers things. It's it's great to watch. I mean, I I don't think any they should pull any videos personally, and but because you know it's, it's part of the bigger discussion. But however, it's um it's worth the point. And and you know what? If if Dr. John Campbell is talking nonsense, then you can leave his video up, can't you, Helen? Because yeah, the truth exactly. will prove him wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When the reality, he's, he's, sorry, he's go not on. the only. Well, there's so many of them. Oh, there are yeah. um, that are being pulled, and e basically any eminent scientist, expert who who speaks against the mainstream narrative, even like he was using the government's own data, they'll get censored. 
They will. And and in and in YouTube's own words, they say they reward content creators who essentially toe the line. Mm. And they want to they want to promote them and the others who don't. And also do remember, if you don't know this, YouTube is owned by Google. So when you're watching YouTube, when you're giving them all your data, you're giving that to Google. So just bear that that one in mind. Right, let's move on. So there's there's a lot of other data that's that's talking about um, looking at what the vaccine could be doing. Um, and there, there's um, another um, deep dive that, that someone else has done um, on a substack called Dead Man Talking, a um, guy who looks at lots of um data is a data analyst and um, he points to what looks like the vaccine um, cause, caused uh, a spike in deaths. So um, he went through um, a lot of the data and using um, robust and, and analytical techniques and models, um, it became apparent that the deaths of, of elderly and middle-aged people in England are significantly worse in the COVID mRNA era relative to the natural virus era. In other words, when you're having, you know, a vaccine, a normal vaccine. Um, and this and the evidence that the, he saw suggested that this is because of the mRNA experiment um, causing, causing that. And of course, there's other factors to bear in mind as well, like all the... Um, knock uh, knock on effects of of lockdown um and lack of medical in- interventions but um i think yeah that that was that was quite that was quite um that was quite telling really on that one um any any thoughts on that 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 particular one helen or should we just move on um well i suppose the the issue the the one thing that we're going to find it very difficult to to tell is how much of the excess deaths is going to be caused by you know how much could be to do with lockdown how much could be to do with the vaccine um and that we're never going to know for sure but but one of the things that i would point out is both of those things are caused by human intervention so neither of those things are are you know a kind of natural cause of death they are both and they're not to do with covid they're to do with our reaction to it yeah yeah and and i, th- I think that that we we have to we have to remember that don't we we have to, we have to remember that there there are so many kind of policies um and approaches put in place which have had overall an adverse effect on our our well-being our health um and and continue to do so now and to simply ask questions is so important to say look this is what now is happening this is what we've done which appears to be causing this to happen we need to ensure that this doesn't happen again and to do that is reasonable and a mark of a society that, that that has people that care for one another in it, and to have that suppressed is not good, is it? It's not good no. at all. No. Um, I think there's also worth pointing out here, and and this 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 comes this comes apparent from from work that others have done that even despite having 
quite a lot of data now, there's been no meaningful analysis of that data. I mean, we have the yellow card reporting scheme. What's? Can you remember what the actual total figures are, Helen? Do you remember what those are, roughly? For what? For deaths? Uh, for deaths and also for, the adverse reactions, because the adverse yeah, reactions think, is a I lot, I think the MRHA now, it's recording well over 2,000 deaths um, from the vaccine, and um, I think it's approaching, it might well be over now, 1.5 million adverse reactions. Wow, okay. Which in, in normal times would, I mean, that's just unprecedented and would have triggered all sorts of warning bells and action. Right. But for some reason, uh, not with this one. Cool. Yeah, it's it 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 it's 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 a little it's a little crazy, isn't it? Um, somebody else talks talks about here same 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 analyst actually says um, referring to the absence of measures to improve the quality of the process for gathering and distributing mortality data, and and the failure of of public health authorities or or official statistics authorities to perform honest and meaningful analysis on the data that's available. And this has most likely contributed to the overall burden of loss being much higher than it might have been if uh, if none of the COVID policies, including the mass mRNA injection campaign, had been undertaken. And that's from somebody simply looking at the data that is available, the same way that Dr. John Campbell does, analysing it and saying, hold on a sec, this this doesn't paint a rosy picture at all and points us to the fact that well the government have, have dropped the ball whether that's intentional or not is a a rabbit hole for another time i guess but um yeah um so we should we move on to um move on to to germany a bit um again that there was some analysis done um for excess mortality in germany which you know is interesting because Clearly, we've had a vaccination program that's gone right around the world, haven't we, Helen? Yes, yeah. It's been yeah, and particularly in the West. Yes, and it's been. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I won't. I was going to talk about uh, something different there, but I, I won't on this occasion. Um, so yeah, he looks at what what's happened in Germany from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two, and um, again. He points out, and this is this uh, data analyst, by the way, he points out that in 2020, the observed number of deaths was very close to what they would have as the expected number. And in 2021, the number of deaths, observed number of deaths was far higher than the expected number. Um, in fact, it was it was twice as high. And it, he also found that um, there was a high excess mortality in the age group of 15 to 79, starting from April 2021. And he believes that that's responsible for the excess mortality that he saw. So that was post-vaccine rollout in Germany. And furthermore, he did analysis of the number of stillbirths and um, showed that they was a similar mortality pattern observed uh, for the group between 15 and 79 years. So it's not a um, not a rosy picture. It's not just this country. There are other countries as well. 
Um, and this is really, it's really sad. It's really sad because it's pointing to people dying when um, when they didn't, didn't need to. Yeah, I think one of the things um, that I don't understand is that if we were talking about this before 2020, we're talking about people dying, more people dying than we would expect, more people dying we would normally expect and also we're talking about vaccine injuries people suffering all sorts of of terrible sometimes life limiting life changing injuries now to to say that that is not okay and that that needs to be investigated in normal times that would be absolutely seen as the right thing to be saying the right thing to do yes of course this is really important but somehow in this weird new world we're, we're in, it gets called out as, oh, well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Mm. It's, it's, it's like if you question the vaccine, the sacred vaccine, um, that that's something you shouldn't be doing. I, I don't understand it. I know. It's um, it is it is very it is very difficult to get 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 your head around, isn't it? Uh, maybe this is part of the the new normal we live in, but um, certainly it, it appears so. But to be to be able to ask legitimate, reasonable questions, because if the, if there is clear evidence and genuine, absolute truth regarding what's what's happened, that actually these deaths are nothing to do with the, the vaccine then well that's okay then isn't it you need you need to kind of that that needs to be made clear but there is a uh, sadly a a grand hoodwinking going on here i firmly believe um and as christians we've we've got to we've got to watch out for that because if we fall for that in this area we'll fall for it in, in other areas as well and yeah. um, we'll get on to this a bit later, but it's part of part of going hard after truth, um, and that's that's key to our survival, literally. Well, the, the other thing is that if you remember back to um, particularly twenty twenty, people were glued to their televisions, obsessed with numbers of deaths, mm. um, and and getting frightened about the numbers of people dying. And now, when it's happening and it's not from COVID, nobody seems bothered. That's a very good point, Helen. That is a you very know, if good we, point. If we were doing a cumulative, because this was my point at the time, if you do a cumulative tally of the numbers of people dying from a particular virus, a particular whatever it is, it's going to start to look really scary. If we were doing a cumulative total of these excess deaths, by now we would be at a number that is really, really scary. Yes, Yes. But it's not important. There's nothing to see here. That's just it, isn't it? It it is it is nothing to see here. And furthermore, people still people many people are still buying into into the narrative. I mean, it was clear on on for me on Sunday morning. People were still buying into the narrative in church of well, you know, the the vaccine is is our is our only hope as if as if our hope is founded in the vaccine alone and not in Christ alone. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's there's a level of, well, sadly, naivety. I think um, perhaps that's a better word to use. But yeah, it, it, we we to ask the quest to ask questions and to say, look, 
this isn't right is so important. And like you say, I mean, yeah, back in 20, early 2020, you know, you, you open a newspaper and you see the little graph of, of people in hospital today, people who've died today, people who've got this ridiculous thing today. And it would be the fear factor all the time. And when now people are dying and people, in quotes, have no idea why, nothing's said about it. Mm. Anyway, anyway. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of um, young people as well, we've both got young families, Helen and myself, and, um, and the adverse uh, effects found that um, cardiovascular um, adverse effects in around a third of teenagers following the Pfizer vaccination and heart inflammation in 1 in 43. Um, and that raises fresh concerns about the risks of vaccination for young people. Um, my, yeah, I wouldn't let my boys near any, anywhere near one of these chaps, yeah. I have to be honest. And I, it you know, breaks my heart when I hear people saying, oh yeah, my, my son's gone for his boost. I'm thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but anyway, you know, just have to pray that for their protection, I think. Um, do you want to talk about a bit about Norman Fenton? Yeah, Professor Norman Fenton. He's he's great. Do um, look him up, have a listen. Um, he's a very, very clever mathematician, um, data analysis. That's, that's his thing. And he's been analysing and talking about all-cause mortality for over a year now. And, and that's... Um, because he said early on that what's important is not just focusing on COVID deaths, but looking at all deaths. So what's happening with all deaths and looking at those numbers. And he's been arguing for some time that when you look at all-cause mortality, that it's showing that the safe and effective label for the vaccines is just not justified. And that's using the government's own data. And yeah. and he's another one who's experienced censorship um, interestingly, defamation by Wikipedia um, and and oh, okay. many others like him, the same, where <laughs> they put on their Wikipedia page that, you know, dangerous spreader of misinformation um, just because he dares to question the accepted narrative. Who, who, I mean, who gets to decide what, cl- Some, what, what yeah. what's misinformation? Who, who, who yeah. gets to choose that? Who, who, who gets... So basic, basically what Wikipedia, what people like Google, Facebook, many of the fact-checking, probably most of the fact-checking outfits, they all, they all ban this term misinformation around, don't they? And and what what they really mean is our side of the argument is legitimate and any opposing view is misinformation. Well, that that's a childish argument, isn't it? That's a child. That's like being in a playground. But that that's that's the policy. That's the approach that they take. And you know, chucking in a few links to articles here and there doesn't doesn't back your claim up at all. Um, actually, having robust debate in the public square is is how you actually get to the point of 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 working out where the truth is. And that that robust debate in the public square has been. Um, has been, you know, um, what's the word? Suppressed, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a really sad place that we've got to where senior scientists, people who've been working in their field for decades, um, who are just doing their job. Um, and, you know, that is their job to, whether it's to analyse data, to perform research, whatever, to try to 
get answers to um, hypotheses. That's what, what they do. Mm. And, and they're being censored for doing their job <clears throat> just because <laughs> what they find is deemed to be not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, if you have somebody who finds something that that doesn't um, doesn't sit well, well, that person could be worth their weight in gold because they could save you from a whole shed load of heartache and problems further down the line. Yeah. And if that person is wrong, well, thanks for looking, but on this occasion, you 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 didn't hit the mark. The intention is 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 to is to like we've been saying is to go after truth. Is saying, look, there is a truth here. There is there is. Um, a genuine concern for the welfare of our own health and and the the nation's health. There's there's nothing there's nothing in it for these people for their own for themselves, is there? To call this stuff out. In fact, in fact, no, most of them it becomes the a, a crumbs at a great cost. <laughs> so it's yeah. so it's like, well, hold on a sec. These guys are paying a paying a genuine cost to say this stuff. Uh, I mean, you and I probably experience this on a very minuscule level, but but the, it's the same principle that that the there's nothing in it for us other than to say, hold on a sec, something isn't right here. Mm. And again, that should speak to you about what's really happening here. Um, that's that's important for us to grasp, I think. Yeah, and, and I think as well, it's really important that these um, people are able to analyse the data freely and mm. are able to look at this issue freely because it, it is complex and it's going to be complex. And I think one of the problems why people are, are kind of under this spell of, oh, the vaccine, it's it's amazing because if they've had it and they, they didn't drop dead immediately, they're assuming it it's safe. Well, one of the issues that uh, that many people have been warning about is the potential and and some think we're already seeing this the potential effects on the immune system function so mm, if it yeah. if it suppresses immune system function then you're going to see an increase in existing conditions that people people already have um you can see an increase in inability to fight disease so you know you you could see over a period of time a whole range of of deaths and um you know it won't be easy to work out necessarily which ones have directly come as a result of the vaccine so it, it is going to be really important to monitor closely the data that's coming out and that's what these people are trying to do yeah yeah and 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 when you when you when you have you know a coroner looking into how somebody has has died and let's say they have a heart attack because it's caused by blood clot from a vaccine that they've had for example could be many things how is how is a coroner going to know and going to attribute it exactly to the vaccine because cause of death is normally heart attack but what causes a heart attack well that's a different thing i mean if, if somebody's let's say obese well that could be a contributing factor sometimes we don't know what causes a heart attack they just happen um so this is this is where we'll, we'll come on to our friends at full fact shortly but but this is this is where they you know the small numbers as as um put forward by the government 45 people i think it's probably slightly more than that now who have apparently died from the vaccine is, is a ridiculous number 
for them to say. 45 official official deaths that they can say are definitely from a vaccine. Really? Wow. I mean, that that's, uh, that's a hoodwinking for you. Um, but yeah, let's, um, I think one of the other things, uh, I think it's Norman Fenton who, who raises this, is, is, is about um, <clears throat> the government um, not having uh, any intention to do a proper in- in- inquiry. Um, because the government has, uh, the, if you know this, the UK government has commissioned a public inquiry into the COVID-19 pandemic and has no plans for a separate inquiry on vaccine safety. Which is which is interesting, considering that despite the latest observed data on the various reported adverse events, uh, non-COVID excess deaths, the rise in cardiovascular issues, or the recent sudden decline in live birth rates, and yet the government refuses at the moment to do a separate inquiry. Um, and they should be doing this because. Based on the information released by the vaccine manufacturers themselves, the clinical trials of the vaccines have been discovered to be flawed. Um, so, for example, in the case of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, it can be observed from Pfizer's own clinical trials data that whilst a slight improvement in COVID-19 outcomes was observed shortly after the doses were administered, um, the all-cause mortality of the vaccinated group was worse than in the placebo group. Um, and what's had add, add on to that, the next bit, which is that the MRHA emergency use authorizations were based entirely on information provided by the manufacturers. So, yeah, and, and as many people may be aware, um, it was widely reported um, at the time that the phase three large-scale trials were intended to last until 2023, but um, were curtailed after two months and and all the participants unblinded, um, which if you do this, it violates the study protocol and makes any randomized controlled t- trial analysis of medium to long-term effects impossible. Well, that's convenient, isn't it? Um, so... So our government has been complicit in allowing uh, brand new vaccines using brand new technology that's never been used in a vaccine release for public use. Allowed that to be used on people just based on the data from the vaccine manufacturers themselves. I think that's a shocker. It is. It is. And clearly with no medium to long term data nope and as you pointed out um really well in the i think it was the unvaccinated podcast helen you can't speed up time which is why vaccines historically take many years before they're released for public use because time has to do its thing and uh yeah every second every minute every hour every day it just takes that to work out whether this vaccine is safe or not um so it, it what would look i mean you've got to think this through for yourself haven't you helen you, you this is what we're trying to encourage you to do with this podcast don't don't swallow the lies that you see in the mainstream news or here on the radio not everything will be lie but a lot of it, a lot of a lot of it are lies in a form of half truths i think 
Yeah, and oversimplification. Yeah, yeah. Where it's convenient for them to oversimplify. Um, so, let, yeah, let's. Con- I mentioned Full Fact earlier, our friends at Full Fact. And Full Fact are a, um, in quotes, fact-checking organisation. Um, self-entitled, I think. Um, they are um, funded by Google and Facebook. So they are they are funded by these guys. Um, and it's um, worth bearing that in mind because big tech are part of big censorship and they are part of controlling a narrative. I mean, Google were involved in the early Sage conversations back in 2020. So um, that's also of interest. So Sage, who were instrumental in advising the lockdowns and other measures, Google were originally part of those conversations. And um, yeah, just bear that one in mind as you think this through. Anyway, so full fact, they try to play down... um, the 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 excess deaths thing, uh, and especially with um, uh, the the what what seems like a, a rise in sudden deaths, and they want to um, suggest that the numbers we're seeing are no more than normal. So, for example, and I quote full fact here, they say for deaths from COVID nineteen vaccines, the Office for National National Statistics does publish more timely monthly data. As of the end of June 2022, there have been 45 deaths registered in England and Wales where the COVID-19 vaccine was mentioned on the death certificate. Um, Well, that's classic fact-checking hoodwinking going on. Um, The yellow card system alone points to well over 2,000 deaths following vaccination. And um, it's very dis- it's disingenuous of them to say that there's only 45 deaths. It's, it's, it's saying, well, actually, look over here and you'll see there's only 45 deaths actually on the death certificate. But they don't want to, they don't mention the yellow card scheme at all on the inner article. OK, uh, but that says, hold on a sec. We've had what's it? Two thousand two hundred now. It's around that figure, isn't it? The actual number on the yellow card for deaths yeah. um, and say and those are deaths that been reported following vaccination and that number is a fraction of the real number um so yeah i think full fact is full of something but i don't think it's fact um and if you don't believe us on that listen to the um video from dr john campbell and we'll put a link in the podcast notes and he he mentions this uh, 45 people number and you listen to what he says and uh, make up your own mind shall we move on to 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 the why this is all so important yeah just just quickly one thing that i probably should have mentioned much earlier on is that um with this issue around excess deaths the comparisons are being made with the five-year average which if you think about the last five years that actually includes the pandemic deaths Therefore, in itself, the five-year average is elevated, and yet still we're running at somewhere between twelve to fifteen percent mm. above that figure. So, you know, if you took, um, say, the previous five years, you'd probably find that we're we could be running somewhere maybe between fifteen and twenty percent above normal. Yes. Yeah. That 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 is that is a good point, Helen. That's a really good point. Uh, and again, it it comes down to. I guess, yeah, think, thinking through the situation and like say that including everything in that that 
particular uh, time frame does potentially skew figures, doesn't it? It 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 can make it, you know, um, yeah. Uh, and I think that that is that is really that is really really uh, key to to mention that one. Um, yeah. Okay. Why why does this matter? What's what's the what's the kind of the key thing here? One of the things we wanted to do was um, go <laughs> revisit just very briefly because it may, raises some interesting points. The first podcast we did on on where we looked at um, this uh, charity called Your Neighbour, who had some advice for people about uh, COVID nineteen, and we we went through some of their FAQs, and um, it's it's interesting going back to that one because. You know, a reasonable amount of time has passed, and so you can think, "Oh, okay, did this, did did this, did what we say hold up?" Uh, but more importantly, um, as new facts and the truth comes out, I think I'd rather use the word truth than facts because facts can be, yeah, facts are often presented as truth, but we're interested in truth, aren't we, Helen? Um, we want to be full truth, <laughs> so. It's um, yeah. Should we just talk talk a little bit about this because there's some interesting things here, I think. Yeah. Well, your neighbour, um, if if you didn't hear our first podcast, was an effort by the churches and various Christian organisations to, um, and oh, I, I I can't remember their strapline, but it was to um, en- encourage and support people, um, you know, during the pandemic with what was going on. Um, one of the things they seemed to focus on was um, the vaccine and encouraging people to get vaccinated. And one of the questions we raised was, well, is that really your job to be doing that? So mm. they include a number of um, kind of uh, questions or myths that they say, well, this is the myth and this is the, this is the fact. Um, and at the time we looked at them and and questioned what what they had to say and like you like you say Tim nearly a year later there's so much more data and there's a lot more to say and yet many of those statements they haven't even changed it's Uh, it's looking worse for them let's put it that way isn't it definitely (laughs) definitely I mean do you want me to go yeah let's let's discuss some of these because I think they are they are important because the the um and do have a listen to that first first podcast if you if you haven't if you haven't and you want to hear a bit more detail be detail on this because we're not we're not redoing the first podcast here or anything like that but this is important because a lot of these um things which people like your neighbor have been promoting and are still promoted today is what people think today people still buy into this today and you simply can't afford to now you, you can't afford to. So yeah, go for it, Helen. So um, this is one of theirs. Their, their myth, they say, um, the COVID-19 vaccine can affect fertility. And the fact, they say, there is no scientific evidence that getting the vaccine affects fertility. Well, the reality is that there is no scientific evidence that getting the vaccine does not affect fertility. Yes. And, so we yeah. don't know the answer to the question. Does it affect fertility? We don't know yet. No, and we don't know because because children born now have to grow up. <laughs> that takes that takes a set amount of time. Um, and also, when they're saying doesn't affect fertility, where are they getting that data from? 
oh, let's think they're getting it from the drug manufacturers themselves. And and you think, whoa, when you look at what the, the, the data that comes out from the drug manufacturers on that, it doesn't look particularly encouraging on that no, front. Um, so what's what's the next one? The most effective the next one. Yeah, go for it. The most effective way of protecting yourself and those around you from COVID is to get the vaccine. Well, it's increasingly evident that that's, that is not true. That, well, that's just that's just a blatant lie. I mean, let's call it out for what it is. I mean, the it used to be so. This time last year, I would hear about somebody saying, "I've got COVID, but I'm so thankful I've had the jab because I didn't get it very badly." Now, look, I don't want to downplay this. I've, I've, I've had it. Um, uh, well, at least I'm pretty sure I've had it, and it was pretty awful. You know, don't get me wrong. It, it was. I wouldn't wouldn't want to have that again. Um, however, the the people I know who are getting COVID now are the vaccinated, and now I hear people getting who have had it multiple times. I no longer hear them say. I'm so glad I've had the jab because I've not. I'm, I I wouldn't have it as bad. They don't say anything. They just say, "Oh, I've had COVID. I'm off with COVID." And I think, "Oh, look, I'm sorry to hear that. That's really rubbish. Hope you've better soon." And I'm thinking to myself, "Is a penny dropping yet?" Well, you're now statistically more likely. My understanding is you're more likely to get COVID if you've been vaccinated. Yeah. And I thought that was that was initially part of the selling point, wasn't it? The big selling point was it will stop you from getting COVID. Oh, and it will stop you passing it on to other people. So you're protecting other people. Yeah, I mean well, that, that wasn't true either. No, I mean that that was that was the lie. Again, we covered this in the unvaccinated one. That that was covered. That, that uh, in yeah, um, that was the lie that was the we were told. I mean, you, you've got you've got classic videos of even people like President Joe Biden, um, Anthony Fauci, all saying the same, peddling the same lie. And it is a lie. We have to call it that. Um, that you you have the COVID vaccine and you won't get it and you won't die. You won't end up in hospital. You won't pass it on. It's all nonsense. That's a nonsense. It was it was this um, the grand the grand hoodwinking. I think we got our title there. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, and and if you still believe this, I I please I don't know what to do. I mean, you just got to. Just got to look at the reality of the world around you. I, was, I saw a, a chap um, uh, the early, earlier in the week, and he, he said to me, "Oh, I've been vaccinated five times." I'm thinking, "I'm I'm amazed you're still alive." That was my first thought. I thought you're still alive. That's mm-hmm. wow. I, I hope you're okay. I hope you you know. I hope you can get going because what you put into your body, I mean, crumbs. I don't know what it's going to do. Anyway. Yeah, so what's the next one then? Next one. So another one. What about the side effects? In the UK, most side effects reported relate to a sore arm and or mild flu-like symptoms, but no other new safety con- severe safety concerns have been identified. Hmm. Well, the MRHA data clearly shows that this is not true. Yes. Yeah, that is, that is, that is just, again, that's just nonsense, isn't it? Um, and they really should take this stuff down. Is it's still it's on dreadful. there? It's still it's on still there because it's just it, it makes them look silly, but also yeah. it misleads people, and and they don't want to be doing that because at the end of the day, these these guys, um, I'm sure they're good guys, and and they are you know the part of the church, and they should they should know better, quite honestly. Um, what's the next one? Yeah, has anyone died from receiving the vaccine? There were no deaths associated with the vaccine in clinical trials. Well, 
since the release of the Pfizer trial data, we now know that's not true. The implication given there is that no one has died from the vaccine, and we know that's not true. And it, and this is the the Pfizer. Is this this part of the Pfizer data dump, wasn't it? They wanted to keep yeah. from us for what seventy five years. Seventy five years. I mean, you probably need seventy five years to read through it all. To be fair, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's a team of three thousand people who are doing this, who are going through the Pfizer data. That, that's a topic for another podcast, isn't it? I think that one that would it be is. good. That would yeah. be a good one. That'd be interesting. But yeah, yeah. I, I, and again, I mean, it's 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 this sort of it's where where is where's where's pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ here. Why are you putting people, telling people to put their trust in something which clearly doesn't work, which could actually end up killing them or cause them significant harm, will not save them in any way, shape or form? As a church, we it's a shocker that we would even think about doing this kind of thing, I think. If we're going to point people anywhere, point them to Jesus. Don't point them to a vaccine, okay? Point them to Jesus because he is the only one who can save and sustain and heal and restore yeah okay absolutely i think another thing just the final one that i was going to point out and again we could do a whole podcast on on this issue but you know first for for some christians there there is a big issue around um abortion so it's a very legitimate question for them to ask um the question that that your neighbor um list do vaccines contain fetal cells now this is an example of a half truth or mm. or oversimplification so they pose the question do vaccines contain fetal cells the answer is no the vaccines do not contain any fetal tissue well that is true but if they had worded the question did the development of the vaccines use fetal cells the answer would be yes cell lines from an aborted fetus were used in several of the vaccines, in the manufacture of them. And those fetal cells have to be harvested from a live fetus. And although the fetus involved was from a legal abortion many years ago, this practice continues to this day. Um, you can listen to Dave Brennan from Brefos for more on the reality, the harrowing reality of that. But for someone who's asking an ethical question around that they have you know they've given an oversimplified answer that is hiding the truth from them and yeah. i think that's wrong it's totally it's totally wrong it's totally and that's, wrong. that's not this is you know the the um the vaccine manufacturers are very open about this they list the actual cell line yes it, each cell line from an aborted fetus has a has letters and a number which identify what baby it came from and they list that in their and, in uh, their data and that that is is definitely really worth listening to Dave, Dave Brennan speak on this because um when I, when I heard him uh, talk on it it made me reevaluate how i see vaccines in general and and whether that is, whether it, it's even um as a christian whether it's even morally right to take certain vaccines and i'd never considered this before because i i i didn't know how back vaccines were developed and and the evil that is part of their development and some of the stuff that goes on is evil there's no other word for it 
I'm afraid. And you know, yeah, we go off slight tangent here, but, but but again, this comes back to kind of you know what I heard in church on a Sunday morning. You know, praying, asking God to 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 enable vaccine rollout to reach more people, and you're thinking, okay, well, are we expecting God to bless something and use something which is rooted arguably in evil? And I'm not. I'm not sure he would. I mean, I. I yeah. I. Th- I think there is just so much. There's just a real lack of discernment amongst many Christians as to this issue. And and I and I. You know, I was. I was definitely uh, one of them. I think certainly with regard to to vaccines. And you know, I think there's a lot more that you have to consider now with things like this. Um, but yeah, it was worth worth looking back at back at. Um, your neighbour and just just saying, look, you know, does do their arguments carry any more weight now or less weight? And the headline is they carry even less weight now. Um, and again, it comes back to what we're trying to do here with this podcast, which is encourage you to think critically, to to think for yourself, to think things through prayerfully, to apply biblical um, a biblical worldview to things, and uh, to to stick close to Jesus wherever wherever possible. Um, there, there was a there was a BBC article recently um, talking about why is the number of deaths higher than expected. Again, coming back to this, um, these uh, excess deaths, and it's interesting, wasn't it? Because in the BBC article, I mean, you, you could, yeah, we could have told one another this before we even read the article, but but anyway, it's worth checking. It lists everything as a possible cause, except guess what, the vaccine. <laughs> so the th- the very thing that we have definitive data for the BBC fails to mention and the BBC and much of the mainstream media could not do their job without words like could maybe possibly if they didn't have those words they would be they they couldn't peddle their fear and nonsense so the reason they give people for things like people drinking more and talking about beer i think rather than water exercising less uh, staying away from seeing a doctor. Well, I think that's a legitimate. That's a legit, legitimate one. I don't think that's the cause for the complete number by any stretch of the imagination. But that's definitely a legitimate reason. Um, and I think on that one, uh, Professor Carol Sakura. Uh, he's he's been a lone voice for a long time now uh, about the about the dangers of, of lockdown. And he was really battered around, especially uh, like a couple of years ago. And he was saying, "Look, this is wrong. It's wrong to lock down. You're going to really, you're going to really affect people." And by the way, this is not in the BBC article. Um, uh, and the point I'm making is that he was he was saying, "Look, lockdowns and preventing people from going to hospital, you're not going to catch cancer diagnosis, for example, uh, early enough." And so, because lockdowns will have significant knock-on effects. But anyway. Um, yeah, uh, the 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 BBC were were doing their classic thing of of trying to appear. Um, authoritative and uh, calming whilst uh, not mentioning the elephant in the room and uh, looking stupid as a result which is increasingly what they do but there we are um what else do we want to talk about here there's a few more things isn't there um yeah i mean one of the, one of the other things is um myocarditis which I've, i think we've mentioned before and pericarditis they're um uh, heart conditions which 
are being sort of being people are being fobbed off as oh it's only mild and mm. you can recover oh, yeah. from yeah. it um but the majority of patients are left with permanent damage to heart tissue that does not repair itself um but the focus has been on those conditions while ignoring other adverse events of which there are many for example blood disorders um i don't know i can even say what's what's that go, called? go on helen if any if, <laughs> if either of us can say it's, it's going to be you cytopenia <laughs> there we go um, be you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's and then and the list the list is huge isn't it of the it, various um adverse reactions it is it is and 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 again these are things that would not be on our radar would they two years ago we would just wouldn't be talking about no. these things and okay it's anecdotal and i accept that but i can't help noticing the numbers of people we're seeing in the news so famous people in quotes often a kind of a d-list celebrity perhaps suddenly dropping dead yeah and it's really sad now did this happen before the vaccine rollout of course it did but it seemed to happen much less than it happens now yeah um now you can't uh, again that that that's anecdotal isn't it you can't just say well okay there is there is a definite link here because we don't know but it is worth noting the the increase it seems here or the reported increase let's put it let's put it that way um and we can't get away from that and you seem to you seem to hear about somebody every week and these are just people that are like i said in quotes famous or well known so the hundreds of people who aren't people like us well that's really sad isn't it that's a really sad and significant number and um perhaps this is those are these numbers are part of that 1500 excess a week yeah well i think it's it's actually um the statistics show that the sudden i think they call it sudden adult death syndrome yes. which is a bit like the cot death which mm. is the infant sudden death syndrome um that the numbers have increased significantly and similar articles to this bbc article have been asking well, well why is that and and again, I think they've been looking for explanations everywhere except the possibility of it being caused by the vaccine. Yeah. And surely, you know, you would be you would be turning over every stone. You'd be trying to get to the bottom of what's happening here, wouldn't you? Um, and trying to get to, to, to the truth so that we can take whatever measures we need to take to try and um, reduce that. I think the... It's interesting because it seems, well, the question is, the interesting question is, where is the evidence pointing to the vaccine actually saving lives? Because at the moment, all the evidence points in the opposite direction. Um, and yeah, there's a, there is, I think, an other uh, otherwise inexplicable increase in all-cause mortality, mortality over the last year. In other words, if it's not the vaccine, what is it? That's a legitimate question. That's a hard question. And that's a question that needs answering, I think. Um, and especially as we're heading into autumn and no doubt the government will start its drive to jab people left, right and centre again. Um, but yeah, 
And I know, I know older people who are not having a vaccine. I know older people who haven't had it at all. And when I talk older people, I'm talking about people in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, um, I, I know of one and she's so funny. And she said, well, I didn't have the vaccine. and I had COVID and then, and then all my friends had COVID and they were all much worse than I was. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And she's, you know, she's really quite old in her 80s. Yeah. Um, and I think this comes down to the truth that ultimately our lives are in God's hands, not in Pfizer's hands, thankfully. And um, that's where our trust needs to be in the Lord Jesus Christ, not in an injection. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of bring this into land a bit, Helen, in terms of thinking, well, how do we respond to this as Christians? How, what, what, where's, how should we how should we be thinking this, this through? And I think it's a, it's a, perhaps first of all, to kind of kick us off here, it's, it's a battle for our allegiances, isn't it? it where, where, what, which are we, are we going to be having an allegiance with uh, scripture or are we going to have an allegiance with the world? And I think very often the truth is, is that as Christians, we try to do both. We try to have one foot in the world and one foot in the Bible, as it were. And it becomes a very difficult thing because what we end up doing is the splits and we end up falling off and we'll grapple for one thing. And um, I'm not sure it's always the Bible. Mm, yeah, that, that is definitely the danger. And that's where we need to encourage one another is to stop doing the splits and put both feet on the word of God. And if that means seeing the world go off into the distance, well, so be it. But we, that's not that's not our calling to have one foot in the world and one foot um, in our walk with Jesus. We've got to have both feet in with Jesus on that narrow path. Really important. Um, I think our government should be should be showing a bit of responsibility here as well, shouldn't it? It, it should be um, just kind of wanting or um, showing us that it's more interested in protecting. Um, the people rather than uh, the interests of big big pharma uh, and I think that's somewhere as, as Christians we can we can try and encourage the government towards that um, because as you'll know from the podcast we did on the unvaccinated the the, the UK government is not willing to, to disclose the nature of its dealings with um, the likes of uh, Pfizer or AstraZeneca and it puts the their commercial interests over the interests of the people, which is wrong. And I think as a, as a church, we should be pushing for that openness and accountability. Because again, you know, uh, uh, um, big pharma have indemnities against being um, being taken to court. Interestingly, uh, Pfizer and BioNTech and um, what's the other one? Is it uh, Moderna, isn't it? Uh, they're taking each other to court. So, so... This is worth noting. Big Pharma can take one another to court when they've infringed their patent rights over the COVID-19 vaccine. But you, dear listener, cannot take Big Pharma to court because our government has given them indemnities against being sued by you in case the vaccine does something bad. That's wrong. That's not right. And, you know, as Christians stand for truth, so you can, yeah, you can definitely... Definitely petition people. Um, so I think that I think where this is what I'm trying to get at here is that I think as a church we need to stop this habit we've fallen into of aligning ourselves to governmental policy on issues that um, are highly questionable 
in whether they are, are right or not. So things like lockdowns, mask wearing, not singing, singing, um, and of course, you know, trying to encourage people to take a jab, which actually doesn't look like it's going to do them any good. And so, so as a church, we should really be stepping away from that, I think. Yeah, I think we we need to... There's too many people who just assume, well, the government says says it, so it must be true. Yeah. Well, that's Frankly, that's just lazy. Why, why should it be true just because the government say it? It'd be nice if it was, wasn't it? It'd be it nice. Would be it'd nice be nice if, if it was. was. It'd be nice if we could we could trust them implicitly, but but sadly we we can't. Um, and yes, life is complicated. Yes, there is such a thing as statecraft, and yes, there is a a shadowy world which many in our government inhabit in order to what they would see as trying to ultimately do good. But the question is whether that is a good which is aligned with scripture or not. And I think as Christians, we need to be very clear that our allegiance is not to our government, but is to the kingdom of heaven. And uh, that's where our heart needs to be very much um, aligned to. Um, and I think as well, it, it's it's looking back over these last um, couple of years, I don't think it's it's ever just been about the vaccine. It's it's much more about behavioural change, isn't it? Because we've we've seen this a lot, haven't we, Helen? Oh, oh yeah. Well, the efforts to um, influence behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for example, you know, we had the um, um, the, the I mean, the Laura Dodsworth book, State of Fear, very, very much worth a read if you haven't read it already. Very interesting, very insightful as to to what what goes on in Whitehall and um, the coercion and manipulation that's been used in in, in on, on this country and on this people is, is really not good so as, as a church I think it's important to help people stand against that because again we're standing for truth and we shouldn't allow ourselves to be ni- manipulated mm. um we just think back so yeah what I was saying was never just about the vaccines so think back to the the, the vaccine passport. Anybody remember those? They've kind of gone quiet, hasn't it? But that will come back, I think. I think that will come back in a slightly different form, perhaps, because it's all heading towards like digital ID and central bank digital currencies, sadly. Um, and again, I think as a church, we need to be alert to that. We need to be saying, well, look, hold on. Wh- where do we, as a body of believers, draw the line? Where do we say, actually, no, we're not subscribing to this? And there will be a cost to that, by the way. Mm. There will be a cost. There's always a cost for doing what's right. There's never a cost for going with the flow. Never. No. That's easy. Any, 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 Anybody can do that. Well, there is ultimately because you're probably giving up your freedom, but you won't see that at the yeah. time. Yeah, and sadly, potentially your, your eternity. Um, so, so <laughs> yes, there, there is ultimately a cost. You're absolutely right, Helen. But but in the short term, it appears like the uh, the easy option, and and this is this is where this is where many Christians would cry, oh conspiracy theory, oh you know this is this is heading towards you know one world government. Well, you know newsflash, uh, that's already happening. <laughs> so no, um, that, that that's that's not none of this is conspiracy theory. It's simply They're taking what's happening about in the world. The they are they are, and you know Mark Mark Carney, the former um, governor of the Bank of England, has been been banging on about um you know central bank digital currencies for a long time now 
and this is where this is going you know we've already seen cash being squeezed there's some shops you can go now where you can't use cash and and cash is important because it allows you autonomy and freedom from government um, to spend your money where you see fit if you once were set on a central bank digital currency you are then um, well you're, you're tied in and you can't spend your money where you see fit and this is what they're trialing in some areas in China at the moment with their social credit system so we're not heading in a great direction um, and as Christians we need to be awake to this we cannot just put our heads in the sand as so many do and if you're listening to this and feeling really cross because you don't like what we're saying well I'm, I'm sorry that you're feeling cross but the purpose here is not to make you feel cross the purpose here is to try and encourage you to, to question things to say look hold on is is there some truth in this is there what what should what perhaps should we be doing and importantly as believers how do we encourage one another because we have to do this together don't we Helen we have to we're, we're in this together and yeah. it's yeah. important to to encourage and build each other up yeah definitely and that's why um the more of us who are prepared to talk about it the better because we we need to be able to talk about it and we need to be able to encourage one another um we need to talk about truth more in the church truth is not relative there is absolute truth there is and this is what this is all about is the principle of truth and and i firmly believe that it's no good saying i believe jesus is the way the truth and the life if jesus is the truth then that means all truth is important Mm -hmm. we must always seek the truth and where censoring is happening we should be questioning why is it happening and half truths and deflections are not good enough. We've got to be concerned about the truth. And it's not good enough to assume that the authorities are telling the truth. Um, you know, we've shown earlier on, even church organizations like your neighbor must be questioned. Mm. There has to be accountability and we must hold those in power and those with influence. We must hold them to account. And even those and, and maybe especially those in the church. Yeah. And and I think it's it's often important to start. We we have to start in the church, um, and all that, or not start in the church is the wrong phrase. Our focus should be in the, in the church because that's that's where it's incumbent on us to get that part right. To to to, like you say, seek seek after truth and be concerned about this and saying, look, we cannot just accept what we're told at face value from those outside the church, i.e., the government for example. Sometimes it might be right. But other times, as most times we've seen over these last two years, it's not been right. In fact, in, in some cases, it's been an absolute lie and, and it has devastating consequences and we cannot afford to make those mistakes again. Um, so yeah, do you want to finish with a Bible verse, Helen? We'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I'm worried I might run out of battery in a minute, actually. Okay. (laughs) Uh, One thing we need to be aware of the battle that we're in and, um, whatever is not the truth is a lie and lies are the language of the devil. He's a liar and the father of lies. Um, and we're told that in John chapter eight, verse 44. Um, and just a bit later on, we're reminded, as I said earlier, that Jesus said, he often said, I tell you the truth. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. So if we're concerned about truth, there is only one place to look, and that is to Jesus. Amen. And that is a great way to finish. So we'd encourage you to um, 
uh, yeah, share this podcast with anybody you feel it would be helpful to listen. And and look, um, do bear in mind if you're sharing it with somebody who may not have your view, this is not to change somebody's mind. Okay, it's simply to encourage others to think. It's encourage others to question. And, and that's really important. So if that's if that's um, going to be doable, then please do that. Um, if you um, uh, you can follow us on, uh, I've got a Telegram channel. So uh, follow us on there. We post other bits of news that we find interesting and helpful on there. Uh, Helen has her Substack, um, which is also really really good, and encourage you to give give that a read. She's got some excellent pieces on there. Yeah, I think we're good to go. Helen, you look like you've gone. You- <laughs> You're back. I know I'm here. I just put myself in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, look. We'll 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 end, we'll end there. And if you do have any any suggestions or or thoughts about what you'd like us to cover, because like I said, we've said this a few times now, we do have a, a list of things we're going to talk about. But if you want us to cover something in particular, then please do say, and we'll certainly consider that. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yep. See you then. Bye. <laughs>